Thank you, and good morning. Yes, I'm afraid I'm not going to be here for questions. I've got to go straight from here to show how integrated this is, to talk to county councillors about the very same issue. And what this morning does show is how that integration is working from us in central government as well, with Norman and myself here, and we've been doing visits. I was with him in Islington and elsewhere, looking at how we bring this together to make sure that we get the correct join-up between our departments to support what you're doing out there for residents going forward. And I therefore don't apologise if, to an extent, what I say this morning will kind of build on, if not even repeat, at least the themes of exactly what Norma said. It's uh, just coincidence that the integration goes as far as us being Norfolk neighbours, but in terms of working together to deliver a joined-up approach to this, it's absolutely key and actually important that, to an extent, we have the same views and are repeating that in what we say to you. But also to re-emphasise the importance of what this is. And Norm's absolutely right. This is just the start. This can lead to so many more things in terms of how we bring not just actually health and social care together, but if we get this right from the point of view of the future of how we deliver public services more widely as well. It is a tough time, and there is a tough time scale, but it is a massive opportunity for us to do something genuinely, for the first time in a long time, very, very differently, to give a better outcome for the people that we all serve. It is a priority. We do need to change. Services in social care and in hospitals are not, as we know, sustainable at current levels. But we do need to make the care better. We're not doing this just to drive out duplication to save money. We're doing it because it also does revolutionise the local delivery of services for the benefit of the people that we serve. We want to make sure that you have got the tools, that you've got the freedom to come together and make those fundamental changes to how you work across such a broad range, such a wide range of issues. Ultimately, this is about improving the lives of people in our communities, the people who most need our support. As has already been outlined, this is an opportunity. It's the biggest ever financial incentive for councils and local NHS teams to come together and join plans and deliver health and social care services. It is a significant step towards a truly joined up process, a truly joined up service of people who want to see support and need support coming from both sides of the professions. Now you may have seen, I don't doubt you will have seen the announcement in the autumn statement just last month that pulled budgets will be an enduring part of the framework for health and social care beyond 2015-16. This is not just a fad. It is a way of working that will be here for the future. On a practical level, I know that the timelines are tight, but those timelines reflect the urgency of delivering on this opportunity. We want plans drafted by February because there is no time to waste. If we're going to make real and meaningful progress through 2014-15, we need to be starting and getting on with this work quickly. We can then make sure that assurance processes provide the support and challenge to the areas that need or welcome it. And we can be personally signing off your plans. So what I would say across the sectors is be absolutely clear about one thing in particular. Doing the same thing in the same way, but with just the new co-signed signature on the plans, simply will not cut it. We will pick up on that. 
It is about working together in a new way and working together from start right through to the finish with local authorities and clinical commissioning groups coming together as equal partners. In order to deliver that, local leadership is absolutely critical and gives a chance for local leaders to really stand up and make a difference for their communities. And it's why events like today are so important. Now, during the process, health and wellbeing boards will play a vital role in how this policy is shaped. Their establishment has been a real success story, but it's also now a real opportunity for them to show clear local leadership, challenge and accountability. They need to ensure that local health and care systems are truly able to deliver on the priorities in the local health and wellbeing strategy. And this does go much wider than just councils and health organisations. As Norman said, this is about having a full holistic approach, and that's shown actually in the makeup of your audience here today. Local leaders from all sectors need to be engaged. One of the challenges of this policy is it affects so many people in so many different ways. So we need to be as open and inclusive as we can be. This is shown actually across the agenda, across government, where we're looking at radically how we can change local services and how they're delivered more generally. The Public Service Transformation Network, for example, has identified health and social care as a key priority. And a number of areas are already working on redesigning services around that cohort of people that require the most help and support. We're establishing a centre of excellence for better data sharing, something Norman touched on is vital in order to see this work really deliver. And we also have the Our Place programme, which was previously known as Neighbourhood Community Budgets. You know, in DCLG, we like to change names to confuse everybody on a regular basis. <laughs> but it puts at the heart of the community decision-making which can revolutionise the way that a neighbourhood works and has its services delivered. Now, the Better Care Fund plans and the work of the integration pioneers, which Norman just touched on, are key in this jigsaw. But it is about more than just plans and structures and money. As I said, it's about rethinking services in a way that allows us to improve the outcomes for the people that we all are here to serve and look after. It's not just about saving the pounds, shillings and pence. It's about learning what really works and evidencing where change can truly be achieved. Not doing what we do because we do it because we do it and occasionally thinking about how can we do it better and faster and cheaper but starting from scratch. What is it we want to achieve? What is it we need to achieve? And how do we best get there working together? And let me just bring this back in context of how this affects individuals. The people we're all here to talk about and think about this morning. And I don't mean just fictional case studies, but real situations like Norman and I have seen when we've been out and about real life experiences, such as some, a man called Charles who suffers with Asperger's syndrome. He'd been misdiagnosed with schizophrenia. Now part of the reason for misdiagnosis was the way that his quarterly care assessments were being handled, where he attended with social workers and his parents, but they're not attended by his psychiatrist or his GP. His speech therapy, which was so vital to him, was not taken into account. And therefore, he ended up with a misdiagnosis. Now, his father, and Charles is 50, but his father made quite a telling comment when he said, there's a compartmentalization of expertise. The mental health hospital did mental. They didn't do physical. And even for the people in its care, they didn't look at that side of the care. But it should. 
we want to see continuity in services. Those services, in our experience, are not aware even of each other. Now, many of us in the room will have examples of individuals where their case has got caught between the cracks or between different sections of public services, different agencies. And what the Whole Place Community Budgets program shows us is it makes somebody's life that much better by having that single point of contact, that single simple route to the best care that they need, not just in terms of cost and diagnosis, but their quality in life in understanding what they need and, more importantly, how they can get what they need. Now, I've given just one example, and that's important to understand, not just to politicians, but to budget holders, to service providers and to the people in our communities that we're thinking about them in the context of why it matters to them. So we can all start to feel, and I hope you will start to feel, inspired by the opportunity for this change. And don't, whatever you do, do not underestimate the importance and the size of the opportunity that is there. We all want to hear about your journeys, not least of all, so we can share some of the great best practice that's already going on in the early work that's being done. And we, both in my department and in Norman's, will make the decisions that we need to make to help you deliver on that on the ground. My final thought would be that we do need you to do this. We need you to do it for the people who need all of our help. The elderly, the vulnerable, the people who deserve a bit of dignity. The people who have a right to expect certain standards in quality of life. We cannot keep them waiting anymore for a good quality, joined up and speedy service. We mustn't leave them waiting for the change we all know must happen and we all want to deliver. I wish you the best of luck in doing that, and I hope you have an excellent conference for the rest of today. Thank you.